Awesome. How you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? <clears throat> I want to welcome everybody to church today. I just want to thank everybody for coming. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you who do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are in a series called Living on Fire for God. Uh, we're in part five today. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to pause uh, for a second and, and thank Pastor Don and Dee Dee for bringing uh, the word the last couple two weeks. Come on, they brought they brought some some girl power, but they also brought some Holy Spirit power. Come on, uh, Pastor Don brought a great word uh, on part four uh, of living on fire for God, talking about the potter and the clay and getting double fired up. Come on. And then Didi just made us all cry last week. Come on. And so just so thankful for, for the voices uh, in, in this church and, and uh, to give me an opportunity to just rest in revelation of the Holy Spirit. And, and the, um, the challenge, okay, when, when I don't preach for two weeks is that I just want to fire hose. I'm just so filled. I just want to come and fire hose everybody. And so, um, man, God... God has just given me so much vision for uh, September and, and what is coming up, and, and it's going to be so, so good. And so I'm going to try to uh, stay focused today, okay? And, and that's actually the name of the message today, Focusing on the Fire, okay? We've got to focus on the fire. Before we, we pray this morning, uh, Heather had mentioned a couple of those announcements. Uh, today, after this service... Uh, around 12 o'clock, we're going to be back in the youth room, and we're going to be having a youth open house for parents uh, and students to come and just check out our, our youth area. Uh, we meet uh, on Thursday nights at 6.30. Um, I, I just want an opportunity to speak to the parents, uh, to cast some vision uh, for you. Uh, Cam and, and Katrina just want to talk to you about uh, the direction uh, of our youth. Uh, let, me, let me tell you, parents, we have such a small amount of time uh, with our children, right? That our children are in our home. And if you have teenagers, uh, if your kids are from sixth grade to seniors, this is some of the most important times of their life. Uh, and, and we live in a crazy, crazy world. We live in a crazy culture that wants to indoctrinate our kids, okay? And we need help. Uh, training and discipling our children, and that's what our youth group is all about. It's about uh, discipling and equipping our, our students uh, to know what they believe, that it's not just mom and dad's faith, but it's their faith too, and that is so essential, that is so important. The statistic is if they go to a secular university, by the time they are a sophomore, they are either an atheist or an agnostic, okay? If they can't defend what they believe, and it's their own faith, then uh, the world has all types of views and indoctrinations for them. And so, man, these years are so important. And listen to me, your kids need a safe place to talk about what they're going through. Okay, they need a safe place to talk about what they're going through. And we have amazing leaders. We have amazing mentors that would love to do life with them um, and, and just support them. And, and that's what our youth group is all about. It is their life group, uh, their people. Um, it's their opportunity to just hone in and hear a message that is on their level to talk about things uh, that they're going through. And it's just a great support system to have uh, for you. And this is what we have to offer here at Passionate Life Church. And there are 
times where I'll get a phone call from a crying mother and their son just did something really stupid, okay, um, got arrested, and I'll get a phone call, and she'll be like, okay, so what do we do? And, and not that it's ever too late, okay, um, but they're 17 years old at this point, right? And they should have been in the youth group for about five years, uh, you know, surrounding themselves with mentors and discipleship. And again, it's never too late, but there's a lot of redirection that takes place when they're 17 and they just got arrested, okay? There's, they've been going down the wrong path for, for quite a long time. And, and um, you know, we just want to help you steer your students in the right, right direction and, and um, allow them to make their faith their own, okay? And understand why uh, man, Jesus died for them, and, and because we know the world is after them, Satan is after our children and the next generation. And so, uh, 12 o'clock today, come. We're going to feed you. Okay, we're going to feed you. Um, don't worry. And, and I just want an opportunity to give you some vision uh, about our youth group um, going forward. Okay, awesome. Um, and then the other thing, it's not this Wednesday, but it's the next Wednesday. We're going to be having a tent meeting. Come on, on Wednesday night. It's going to be a Wednesday night fire, uh, a, a prayer and worship meeting. I'm going to preach a, 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 a mini message that night. Um, if you've never been in a tent, uh, in open air, uh, in public, uh, we're going to do it downstairs. There's just something special about worshiping God in public, okay? Uh, I grew up going to tent meetings, and there's just something powerful uh, about being in a tent, okay? And, and we see in the Old Testament, God used to, uh, he used to live in a tent, okay? And so um, I, I just want to share some of those revelations. It's just going to be a fun time to worship something different. Um, we've got some fun things planned uh, for that night. It's going to be a powerful, powerful night uh, to come and just worship and pray in a tent. Come on, somebody. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. This is your moment, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this moment, God. In this moment, God, it just takes a moment for you to change everything, God. You can move in power and might. And so, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to have your way in our hearts and our minds as, we, as we're in this building, as we're watching online. God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do what you do right now, God. We just bind and rebuke Satan away from our hearts and our minds. We bind and rebuke the father of lies away from our hearts and our minds right now. In Jesus' name, have your way. God, get me out of the way, none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen, amen and amen. Focus on the fire. If we want to keep the fire burning, if we want to sustain the fire, we've got to focus on the fire. If you don't focus on the fire, the fire will go out. If you don't tend the fire, the fire will eventually dwindle and go out. So we have to focus on the fire. There's three things that fire needs. There's three things that fire needs. It needs oxygen, fuel, and heat. And this is called, this is known as the fire triangle. I love that. This is known as the fire triangle. Fire needs these three things to start, sustain, and build. If it doesn't have one of these three things, it dies out. So today, we're going to take this fire triangle and we're going to relate it to another fire triangle that I call the Trinity. Come on. And so we're going to take each one of these things in the fire triangle and relate it to another fire, fire triangle called the Trinity, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Because without those three things, our spiritual fire will die. If we're not focusing on all three of those things, our spiritual fire will die. So number one, oxygen. We need oxygen. The Father is our oxygen. Father God is our oxygen. Uh, in our physical sense, our bodies can't live without oxygen for more than two or three minutes. If, you're, if your heart were to stop and you would go into cardiac arrest, your, your brain would literally start to die after about two or three minutes with no oxygen. So our physical body needs oxygen to live. Our spiritual bodies need oxygen to live. We need to know who the Father is in our lives to live in that oxygen. Jesus says, when you pray, think about God as a Father. He is a Father first. And listen to me, no matter what your earthly father was like, God is nothing like him, okay? If you had, even if you had the greatest, best dad ever, the father is so much better than him, okay? He is a perfect father that loves us, and he's got good gifts for us. He is our oxygen. When we focus on the father, we get this spiritual oxygen that happens, that, 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 that comes into our souls, Genesis 2, 4 through 7. Let's look at this. This is in the beginning. This is where we see the breath of God for the very first time. In Hebrew, it's called the Ruach. In, in the Greek, it's called the pneuma of God. It's called wind. It's called spirit. It's called the breath of God. Genesis 2, 4 through 7. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people, look at this, to cultivate the soil. So let's just stop there for a moment on this little revelation that the earth that God created could not fulfill its purpose unless humanity fulfilled its purpose. Many times God has things work together and they won't work together the way he created them if both things aren't working in their purpose, okay? The earth couldn't fulfill its purpose without humanity fulfilling his and that is to work the land, okay? Work is not a bad word. Come on, somebody. God has actually created us to work. That's the, we find purpose in our work because we're supposed to be doing everything that we do, we do unto the Lord. And so that's how we can find purpose. It doesn't matter what you do for a job or for money, as long as it's not illegal. Um, I have to say that sometimes. And, and because we find, we find purpose in our work. But the earth, and this is the first time where we see heaven and earth begin to collide. Okay, instead, instead spring, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Let's continue. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. So he, he forms it. Pastor Don talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, right? He takes his hand and he forms it out of clay. The, the dust, he, he forms Adam. And, and Adam had everything that he needed to have to be human, okay? Except for the Ruach of God. He had everything. He had everything that he needed to be human and to fulfill his purpose except the breath 
of God. It wasn't until the breath of God, the Ruach of God, comes into Adam's lungs, he becomes a living person, right? He breathed the breath of life, the Ruach, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Guys, this happens to us when we accept Jesus Christ into our life for the first time. That is why we're known as dead, right? We're, we're dead in our sins before Jesus, and that's why it's called being born again. Why? Because the pneuma of God, and when we accept Jesus, God is breathing on us, and we become alive. We become new creations in Christ Jesus when we experience the pneuma of God, the wind of God, the breath of God. So this happens to every single believer the Spirit of God comes into their soul. It is the breath of God. Job 32, 8. But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. Another translation says, makes them understand. Okay? If you don't have the breath of God, if you don't have the Ruach, if you don't have the pneuma of God in you, you are unintelligent to the things that are happening spiritually in our world. You have no understanding. The Apostle Paul would, would, would label uh, this person as ignorant. You're ignorant to the, the spiritual warfare of what is happening in our world today. And as followers of Jesus, we can look at all of the craziness that is happening in our society, in our world today, and we don't have to fear, we don't have to freak out, we don't have to hide ourselves off in a bunker, because Jesus was clear about the last days and what would be happening. And so instead of freaking out about what is happening in our culture, we can be encouraged knowing that Jesus' return is sooner than yesterday. Come on. Because we have the intelligence to know that God is in control, man isn't in control, the devil's not in control, the world can, can do whatever the world is going to do, but we can have peace that passes all understanding because we know that Jesus is in control. We know that the Father is in control. At the last day, I mean, Jesus gives us all of these warning signs, and I think I'm going to do a, a one-part message in September. We're going to talk about just an update of, of some of the warning signs that are happening, uh, probably uh, coincide with the Hebrew calendar, 5780. I believe that's the year that we're coming into in September. I think I'll do a, just a one-part deal of just updating us on the end times of just kind of what's happening, just so we're aware of what's happening um, in our society. Because it's good to know. It's not, it's not good to be obsessed by it, but it's good to know what is happening around us. It's good to have intelligence and to have the, the Ruach and the Spirit of God surging through your spirit. But we don't have to freak out because Jesus says, look, People's love will go, go cold, grow cold, and, and they will become lovers of themselves, right? And so when we see people that have 45,000 different selfies in bathrooms, we, we don't have to freak out about that. We understand that this is the end times, right? 
that, that everybody has a, a social media page all about them. Okay, you want to talk about a society that's self-absorbed. Check, okay? We don't have to freak, about, freak out about that. We, we don't have to freak about the different laws that are coming into place in different states and, 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 and things that are happening in our government. We don't have to freak out about that because we know that God is in control and that he wants to breathe his ruach on his, on his people again. And that has been my prayer this week. God, breathe your pneuma on us again. Just like you breathe your pneuma on that, in that upper room. He said, wind came first before the fire. Breathe on us again. Breathe on our state. Breathe on our country again. That, that the revival winds would come again to our country and we'd turn our hearts again to you, God. That, is my, that was my prayer this, this week because this is what we need, church. If we're going to see change happen in our community, in our workplaces, now we need God to breathe on us. Guys, we need oxygen. We need the Father to move. And, and what I believe is going to happen in the last days is that we're going to see the movement of the Father. We've seen a Holy Spirit movement. We've seen the Jesus movement. We haven't seen the Father's movement yet. And in the last days, we're going to see the Father's movement. And what is the Father's movement? Well, Jesus explained to us what the Father's movement is. It's the prodigal son. That is the heart of the Father, that his children would come home. And it will be the greatest move of God that we've ever seen because it's going to be all about the Father, children returning to the Father. But church, we, we've got to focus on the fire, right? We've got to focus on the Father. All right, number two, number two, fuel. We've got to focus on fuel. Jesus is the fuel. A fire cannot sustain without fuel. It's got to have fuel. It's got to have oxygen, and it's got to have fuel. Jesus is the fuel. In the Old Testament, they would bring a sacrifice, they would bring fuel for the fire to a priest. And the priest would, would light that sacrifice, that fuel on fire, and it was that sacrifice that would forgive their sins up to that point. It was a temporary system. Jesus came to be the ultimate sacrifice. He, comes to be the, he came to be the ultimate fuel. Fuel that never runs out. He died for all of our sins, past, present, and future on that cross 2,000 years ago when he was sacrificed. It was the last sacrifice that we would ever need. He's the only fuel that we need for our fire to burn. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. Um, also in September... We're going to be starting a series that I believe is going to transform everybody's life. I mean, it's just going to meet everybody right where you're at. We're, we're going to go through a series. We're going to look at uh, biblical worldview. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Biblical worldview uh, versus the worldview. And we're going to hit all the hard subjects. We're not avoiding any. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about homosexuality from a biblical worldview. And we're going to compare the two because, listen, we need to talk about that because we're all being affected by that, okay? All of us, whether we're at 
work or, or with our friends. Um, wherever we are, we're dealing with the worldview, and we need to know how to talk about some of these issues that are in the world from a biblical perspective. And, and we're also going to send you a quiz. Listen, we're not going to get the results of that quiz, but it's going to allow you to see how biblical your life is. Okay, uh, one of my pastor friends is the one that brought this up to me, um, and, and he took the test, and he, he, he got a 92%, okay? And it, it allowed him to go back and look at that 8% and, and figure out why he's not 100% biblical, right? And so this is, that's what that series is going to do, and, and we're going to spend a whole week on Scripture, why we can be absolutely 100% for sure that this book is God-breathed, that this book was written by God himself, that this book is Jesus, right? Jesus is our field. John tells us that the word became flesh, and, and churches are, are trying to separate Jesus from this book. You cannot do that, okay? Jesus is this book, and this book is Jesus. The Word became flesh. But the Bible can be so mean, Pastor. Well, that's because it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. None of those sound awesome, right? Like, yeah, sign me up for some rebuking. Yeah, that's, is that a life group, Pastor, right? Um, but we all need, like, like this is what the, man, when we open up this book, we are experiencing the pneuma of God. The ruach of God is coming into our lungs when we open this book. That is why for some of you, it is so hard for you to read your Bible. It's so hard for you to stick to a plan. As soon as you open it, you, all of a sudden you're like, you fall asleep, right? Or, or distraction of your kids, or your phone rings, or one of your kids poops his pants. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm trying to read the Word of God. Why do you think that happens? It's because Satan does not want you to experience the Ruach and the Numa of God in your spiritual lungs. He does not want you to have fuel for your fire to burn. And so he's going to make it difficult for you to read this book. Because he knows that when you read this book, you are, you are encountering the very breath of God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training us for what? For righteousness. Righteousness is, is just being in right standing with God. And to be in right standing with God, we need to be taught that. We need to be rebuked sometimes when we're going outside the will of God. We need to be, uh, correction needs to take place because none of us is, are perfect, right? Training needs to happen so we can align our uh, thoughts with God's thoughts. Because the whole goal is for us to become righteous, to be in right standing with God. God, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's got good work for you. He has good work for your life. But you will miss the good work in your life if you're not reading this book. 
If you're not focusing on the fire, if you're not focusing on Jesus, if Jesus is not the fuel for your fire and you're not getting the fuel from the Word of God, your fire will go out. Your fire will go out. Guys, we've got to be in God's Word, okay? Because God's Word is fuel. Jesus is the fuel. God's Word is the fuel. That is why there is such a, the struggle is real to get into our Bibles. But as your pastor, we have to have a relationship with our Bible. We have to be Bibleational. First service thought that was funny. Bibleational relationship with your Bible. Bibleational, okay. God's word is fuel for our fire. Jesus is fuel for our fire. And the next thing that's fuel for our is prayer. Prayer is fuel for our fire. Ephesians 6, 18 says this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You can, you can leave that up for a moment. Pray in the Spirit. Pastor, what is praying in the Spirit? Well, Jesus really shows us what it means to pray in the Spirit. And so let's go to Matthew 6, 9 through 10, and I'll unpack both at the same time, okay? This is how Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, because they're like, hey, Jesus, can you teach how to pray? And so he says this, okay? We're just going to read the first half of it. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, address God as Father. He, he wants us to address God as Father, God, the oxygen first as Father, because He is a good Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus' prayer is that we would pray the will of God as it is in heaven on earth. He, he, he's saying we, we, we need to pray heaven into earth. How do we do that? We do that by praying in the Spirit. Because when we pray in the Spirit, we are praying the will of God. When we pray in our flesh, which it's not wrong to pray in your flesh. I, I pray in my flesh. Praying in your flesh would be praying for yourself, uh, praying for your kids and your spouse and your, your finances and, and things that you think about that impact your world, okay? That's, that's praying in your flesh, right? That, that's you praying for your needs. Jesus actually says you, you actually don't need to pray for your needs. God knows your needs. What I need is some people praying in the Spirit. What I need some people is aligning their spirit with God's Spirit. I need some people that will pray heaven into earth. On Wednesday nights, we, we, we have uh, upper room prayer and what I love is hearing the testimonies for people for the very first time coming to a spirit-led room. So we've got three rooms up there. If you're not ready for the spirit-led room, you don't have to go in there. But um, we have three different rooms up there um, with three different things that are happening. You know, we have a devotional room, and you can just pray by yourself. Or we have a room where you can get prayer from one of our prayer partners. And then we have a third room uh, that is a spirit-led room. And, uh, man, we hear the same testimony over and over. People say, what I... 
I'm coming into that room with my own agenda, with things that I want to pray for. But when I get in the spirit, what happens is my agenda gets placed on a shelf and I begin to pray God's agenda. That's what praying in the spirit is. Aligning our will with God's will. And let me just confess today that how I pray in the spirit, I pray in the spirit in my heavenly language. I, I pray in tongues uh, every single day. And, and man, I, I'm so thankful for that gift of, of speaking in, in, in tongues because I feel so, man, I, I just feel like I don't know what to pray for. And, and so, man, I, I just pray in the spirit. I pray in the spirit over you and, and over this church. And, and it, it, it's like God is praying through me. And, and listen, maybe you've heard bad things about speaking in tongues. Listen, that's the devil not wanting you to encounter a wonderful, beautiful gift from the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's us not praying. When we pray in the Spirit, it's, it's us putting our agenda on the shelf and allowing the Spirit of God to pray through us and allowing His will to align with ours. Well, Pastor, give me a practical example, okay? Well, Jesus gives us a practical example. Matthew 5, 44. This is what it looks like to pray in the Spirit. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That is not praying in your flesh, right? Because your flesh does not want to pray for people who hurt you. Your flesh does not want to pray for your coworker who you can't stand to get a raise or to get promoted. Your flesh does not want to pray for your neighbor who's rude and nasty and refuses to mow their lawn. Let me, let, let me confess again today to you. I think this is confession day. I struggle, and, and I've been struggling, praying for our leaders. I have a hard time praying for Joe Biden. I have... Yet, Scripture commands that we should pray for our leaders. Listen, I have a hard time praying for Jerry Polis. I have a hard time praying for that man. But this is what praying in the Spirit is. Praying for things that your flesh does not want. Because church, if we don't pray for our leaders, there is no chance that anything changes. If we don't believe that, that, that God can radically get a hold of Joe Biden or, or Jared Polis, then, then what are we doing, right? Where is our faith level at? Just because we, we don't like them or their policies or all that, that, that's not up to us. Our job is to pray for people who we think are persecuting us and even who we think are our enemies. We should be praying for them. That is what it is to pray in the spirit and not in the flesh. And that's hard. And it's hard. But this is what God is asking his church to do. This is what God is, is asking us. He, he needs people praying in the spirit. So God's word, Jesus is fuel. God's word is fuel. Prayer is fuel. And worship is fuel. John 4, 23 through 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come. Guys, we're living in that now come. We're living in this day and age that, that the Apostle John prophesied about. 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. What is he talking about here? He's talking about worshipers who will worship in the truth, in God's word of who Jesus is. And then also will worship him in spirit. Allow the pneuma of God to flow through them in their worship. We are living in a special time, right? Because the followers of God in the Old Testament, they didn't have one, they didn't have the spirit of God inside of them, and they didn't have the whole Bible. Even as John is writing this, you know, people during this time didn't have the whole Bible. We have the whole truth. We're in such a, a privileged time as followers of Jesus that we can actually be worshipers of spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He's looking for these type of people. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. This isn't a multiple choice question, right? This is a command from God. We must worship in the spirit and in truth. These are the people that he's looking for. This is the church that he's looking for, the church that will worship in spirit and in truth. My prayer, church, is that Passionate Life Church is that church. That we do not move away from the truth of God. That we hold true to this. Listen, China's writing their own Bible. Okay? This week they just came out and they're like, we're going to write our own Bible. Okay? I've talked about this in the past. Um, they're going to have artificial intelligence. It's a big deal. AI is a big deal now. Chat, GBT. They're going to have artificial intelligence write a new Bible, a politically correct Bible. And so there's going to be a church, there's going to be a, we've got to hold true to the truth and make that our fuel because this is who Jesus is seeking, worshipers in spirit and in truth, okay? All right, number three, the last one is heat. The Holy Spirit is the heat. So fire needs oxygen, it needs fuel, and it needs heat. It needs to reach a, a certain uh, combustion point for it to, to, to start up. The Holy Spirit is the heat in the fire triangle. Because the Holy Spirit is the God that we feel. The Holy Spirit is the one that we encounter in a daily basis. The Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus says, no, 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 it's better that I leave, right? And the disciples were like, mm-mm. He's like, no, 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 no. It's going to be better that I leave. Why? Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the heat into your life. And this is how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible because the Amplified Bible amplifies it, Okay. It, it actually it gives you more Greek words for the definition. Um, and I've preached on this, I've preached on this passage probably a hundred times and, and over my 10 years here. And you, I just feel like God gave me a different perspective today on, on this passage on the Holy Spirit. So let's go through it. But the helper, you can feel a helper, right? Like, like the Holy Spirit is the heat. He wants you to feel his help. 
He has come to help us. But all of these things, the Holy Spirit can't do these things if you don't let him. Right? Like, like our spouses are called helpmates, okay? And, and God's created our helpmate to help us. But they can't help us if we don't let them help us. And, and that happens to do with the condition of our heart. When we harden our heart and we get prideful and we don't let people help us, man, the Holy Spirit isn't in that. Because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way you know, into our, our lives. And we have to allow him to, to help us in our life. Because the Holy Spirit, he, he's the one we feel. He's the God we experience on a daily basis. And he wants to help us. That is who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Now, we, Don and I lived in, in Florida for, for many, many years. And you don't have comforters on your bed in Florida, okay? You don't. You, you have like a sheet and then like a really thin blanket, okay? Just for decoration, okay? Because it's hot and hotter there, okay? It's hot all the time in Florida. And, and so you don't have comforters. But here in Colorado, we have comforters on our bed. Come on. And on those cold nights, those cold Colorado nights, man, it feels so good to wrap that comforter around you and feel the warmth of that comforter. And that's the Holy Spirit. Listen, we're going to go through some cold nights in our life. We're going to go through some difficult things. And the promise that Jesus said is that, man, the Holy Spirit is that comforter. He's that warm comforter that you wrap around your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter how cold the night is, no matter how difficult the situation is, the Holy Spirit is there ready to comfort us. The next one is advocate. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. Have you ever had anybody advocate for you? Like stick up for you? Like Maybe some people were, were, were lying about you. Maybe a coworker was saying, you know, some, some negative things towards you or, or people were gossiping about you or slandering you and you have someone stick up for you and say, no, 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 Andrew is not like that. I have not experienced it. This is how Andrew is. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He advocates for us to the Father. Come on. We have someone who is advocating for us. This is why Man, this is why we can experience the promises of God every single day, the blessings of God every single day. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit who is advocating for us. Man, we have an advocate. We have someone who is on our side, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Intercessor. We're going to come back to this one. I'm actually going to end with intercessor. Counselor. Come on, we heard from a counselor last week. Didi's amazing counselor. I have a degree in counseling. I believe in counseling, Christian counseling. I believe it, it, it can really allow someone to, to come through healing because that's what counselors do. They, they bring healing. The Holy Spirit brings healing. He is the ultimate counselor if you let him counsel you. If you want healing entirely in your life, 
the Holy Spirit can bring that counsel to allow you to experience the healing that he has for your life. But you have to let him in. You, you have to let him in, in in those places. Because if you don't let the Holy Spirit in and counsel those, those deep, dark secrets in your life, you're never going to get healing from that. You're just going to continue to hold on and, and really you're probably just continue that, that, that cycle of sin in your life. But the Holy Spirit is, man, he's the perfect counselor that would love to counsel and lead you to healing because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us to healing. Strengthener. The Holy Spirit is a strengthener. And, I, and when I think about this, I think about um, a trainer, right? He's, he's taking you to the gym and he's helping you getting stronger. He's spotting, come on, he's spotting the, the bench press for you so you don't um, choke yourself out. Come on, somebody. You sometimes, when you're doing heavy weight, right, you need a spotter to help you. He is that strengthener in our lives. Listen, we all need a spotter in our lives. We all need someone who is going to strengthen us because there's times where we're weak, and when we're weak, this is when God is strong. The Holy Spirit is that strengthener in our lives. The last one is standby. I love this. Standby. I think about those, those television programs that go, that go blank, right? And you see the word standby, right? So what are you supposed to do? Standby. Just kind of wait, right? Like, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. He's just waiting with us. He's standing by with us. He will never leave us or forsake us, no matter how many mistakes we make, no matter how many times we sin, the Holy Spirit is there. He's standing by, waiting for us to repent of our sins and, and allowing Him into our life because He's the standby. He will never leave us or forsake us, ever. He's always there with us. He's standing by. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I've told you. And as I was praying through this week and, and praying over this message and, and going through this scripture, he helped me remember uh, a story that, that relates to intercessor. Because it's like, Pastor, how, how do you feel intercessor? Like, like, how do you feel that? Like, Holy Spirit's the heat. How can you actually feel that? Well, I was very privileged. I, I'm very privileged that spiritually, I, I come from a very spiritually rich heritage. Uh, my grandpa Thurber um, started a church in upstate New York, pastored that church for 42 years. Um, just lived just a legacy of faith. And, and um, my grandma Thurber uh, would, would pray for, for all of her kids and grandkids almost every day. My grandma Carrie and Grandpa Carrie, uh, very, man, faithful people to the Lord. My, my grandma Carrie, um, who's still alive, I think she's going on over 50 years now. Every Monday, uh, she fasts and prays. She's been doing this for 50 years for all of her children, all of her grandchildren, now all of her great-grandchildren. Every Monday, Grandma is praying for me. She's fasting and praying for me. And there was a time in my life, there was a time in my life uh, where I was completely away from God. I had been away from God for about six or seven years at this point. It had just been 
uh, partying and, and drinking, and, and those things just get worse and worse. And I was into to really hard drugs, and, and, and um, I had just got uh, fired from my job. I had just lost my job. And, and um, when you do not have the Spirit of God, when you don't have the Ruach and the Pneuma and the breath of God in you, you become really unintelligent, okay? And you make really dumb decisions. And so I had this great idea in, in, in my mind to become a drug dealer and um, illegal, drug, uh, illegal gun runner, okay? So I had a life group meeting with Z and Scorpio, Real names, probably not real names, but that's what they went by. Z and Scorpio, and so Scorpio was this like German guy who who had cognac wherever he went and, and just drank it. Every, interesting character, and so having a life group meeting with these guys, and um, their plan was uh, for me to become uh, a drug dealer, but also to to store drugs and and guns at my apartment. And they would pay me rent. And Z's mom uh, was from Miami, and she was a big cocaine dealer and, and drug dealer, and she uh, ran guns there too. Um, and, and how she would uh, move the drugs is she had uh, an old UPS truck, and she would dress up like a UPS driver and put the drugs in packages and drive them around. And so she was driving up from Miami, and she was meeting these guys at at a drop-off point, and those guys were going to meet me. Um, it was on a Wednesday night. We were having a party at my apartment, like we did almost every night. And so they were going to call me um, on my landline. Some of you are like, what's a landline? And, and here's another. They were going to call me from a payphone at 7-Eleven. So I mean, like, what's a payphone, right? You, it was a phone you put quarters in, right? It was awesome. And so uh, they were going to call me from, from a payphone at 7-Eleven, and then I was going to go and meet them behind the 7-Eleven. And as I was thinking about this story this week, I'm like, what an idiot. Like, 7-Eleven? Like, what was I thinking, right? And so they're driving, as they're driving to, to the 7-Eleven, which was going to be the meetup point where I, where I got the drugs and, and, and the guns, um, the phone call never came. They never called me. Okay, and so I, I didn't know. I, I was just blitzed out of my mind that night, and so I, I didn't really realize until the next morning. One of my friends came over, and, and uh, I'm like, "Hey, there were, Z was supposed to call me. You know, someone was supposed to call me about the drugs and the guns, and and and, and what happened to them. You, you know, and they're like, you didn't hear? They got arrested on their way to the 7-Eleven, and they confiscated all the drugs and all the guns. In that moment." Okay, I've been away from God for a really long time. I hadn't heard his voice in a really long time. In that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. I felt the heat of the Holy Spirit. And he said, your grandmothers have been praying too long and too hard for you to screw up your life like this. And so I'm not letting you screw up your life. Church, do not stop praying for your lost loved ones. 
do not stop interceding for them because there will come a time where they will feel the heat of the Holy Spirit. They will feel the the heat of all of those prayers, all of those tears that, that you prayed on your knees and those sleepless nights. They will come to fruition. They will happen if you won't quit. Keep praying. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do is give up and stop praying on your, your lost sons and daughters and your lost grandchildren or, 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 or your spouses. Do not stop praying. The Holy Spirit is moving in their life even right now. Even right now. And in that moment, I experienced the heat of the Holy Spirit. I experienced feeling the intercessor church, do not stop praying. We've got to focus on the fire. God needs us to be a church on fire. He needs our lives to be on fire. But for that to happen, it takes effort. It takes focus. It, it, it takes us keeping our focus on the Father. Keeping our focus on, on, on Jesus and his word and, 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 and getting in his word on a daily basis and praying and, and having a daily prayer life and, and worshiping God. And feeling the heat of the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. But he can't help us if we don't let him in. Come on, this is our moment, church. It's a big part of the fire. The Holy Spirit's a big part of the fire. Let the heat in right now in this moment. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to this morning. Or maybe you've, you've made that commitment and it was, happened a long time ago. Or, man, nothing happened in your life. Nothing changed in your life. Today's the day where you give your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or recommit your life to God and feel the heat of the Holy Spirit this morning. Come on, if if that's you today, don't let another day go by without giving your life to Christ. I just ask that every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. If you want to make that declaration this morning, maybe for the first time, or just making a recommitment to following Jesus, if that's you, just slip up your hand. Man, this is between you and God. This is your personal declaration of faith. Yep, just put it up and then put it on the speaker. Yes, it's between you and Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning, as a church, we'd help those making the greatest decision of their life today. We repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing today.